songs. I made it out all right. Now that I made it out all right, I have a testimony. Father God, in Jesus' name, thank you for your word. Being going forth. And bless this word. It's already blessed. Bless your people to understand the message of your word. And we pray that you that they get an understanding and that revelation knowledge would take its course and break down your scriptures. Not only break them down, but make it known to your people that the words that I've spoken are life and that they can have it more abundantly because you are the bread of life and we thank you for it and we magnify you and we give your name praise thank God for your word because your word is what keeps us going day by day and we are lost without you and we thank God for you thank God for you Today's text or topic is the Lord's Prayer. And I'm here to enlighten you on the Lord's Prayer. Some aspects of the prayer, people don't understand uh, the concepts of the prayer. So I'm here to acknowledge the Lord's Prayer. And it's in the book of Matthew, the sixth chapter, starting at the ninth verse, 9 through 13. And I'm going to start by reading at the fifth verse in the King James Version and also in the Amplified Bible. The fifth verse says, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. In other words, make it a personal prayer to you and to God and when thou hast shut thy door pray to thy father which is in, in secret and that thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee open and in the Amplified between five and six verses also when you pray do not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray publicly standing in the synagogue and on the corners of the streets so that they may be seen by men. I assure you, and most solemnly say to you, they already have their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your most private room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees 
what is done in secret with reward. Amen. And that seventh verse, but when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Eloquent words. Uh, for their much speaking. They sound good. And they want people to, 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 to praise them in their words or praise them on how they pray. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. Amplify it, and when you pray, do not use mean, meaningless repetitions as the Gentiles do, for they think that for they think they will be heard because of their many words. So do not be like them, praying as they do, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. And now we're going to get into the Lord's Prayer, the ninth verse, starting at the ninth verse. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Now you can listen to me by way of podcast, Breaker podcast, Google podcast, PocketCastRadioPublic.com and also Spotify Podcast. The Lord's Prayer. I just read to you the Lord's Prayer and there are many uh, interpretations that most people get out of this prayer. Uh, Our Father, and hallowed be thy name. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Father, to beget, to be the creator, or a farmer, is what a father is. Hallowed is regarded as holy, venerated to regard or treat with reverence, revered, sacred, devoted or dedicated to a deity or a purpose. Dedicated to a deity or a purpose and we are the salt of the earth and that's part of our purpose. If we lose the salt, we lose our Savior. And then not only that we lose our Savior, we, we walked away from the purpose. So in essence, hallowed is regarded as holy venerated to regard or treat with reverence, revere, sacred, devoted, or dedicated to a deity or a purpose. Our purpose is to win souls. Our purpose is to please 
God. Matthew 7 and the 11th verse. If ye then, being evil, knowing how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? And if you read down in that sixth verse, where that God already knows before you even ask, before you even ask him, he knows your situation. He knows what you're going through with. We cannot fight this battle alone. God knows our situation, but we need to acknowledge him and just give him praise because he already knows. He knows. If he then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children. Now he's talking about an evil person, but he knows how to give good gifts to his children. How much more should your father, which in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? If an evil man can give, or evil woman, or evil person, or evil parent, to give good gifts to their children, What makes you think God can give you good things to them that ask you? Romans, the 8th chapter, in the 15th verse, but I do want to read the Amplified in Matthew, the 7th chapter. Amen. Bear with me. for his word. Didn't turn my mic on, sorry. God is good. God is good. Thank God for this message. Uh, Romans Matthew the seventh chapter, starting the eleventh verse. Just a slight technical difficulty. Eleventh verse. If you then evil, if you then evil, sinful by nature, as you are, know how to give good and Advantages, gifts to your children, advantageous gifts to your children. How much more will your Father who is in heaven, perfect as he is, give what is good and advantageous to those who keep on asking him? 
key word. Keep asking. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. You have not because you ask not. So ask. Always be in the asking business. Because he wants you to acknowledge him knowing that he already knows what you're in need of. But just out of respect of God, just giving him that reverence, just hallowed him, regarded as holy, venerated to regard or treat with reverence, just reverence and revere God. Just have a sacred relationship with him, devoted or dedicated to a deity or to God himself. Just dedicate yourself to him. Matthew 7, 11. Then we have Romans, the 8th chapter, 15 verse. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Abba is the most intimate form of God's name, except for Emmanuel, God with us. Romans 8 and 15. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. So why should we fear? The reason why most people fear, because when they're in a situation, the devil is a, uh, is painting a picture that he wants you to have fear of. And what you need to do is not let that picture get into your spirit. And if it gets into your spirit, then the spirit of fear comes behind that. So you're not in bondage. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption. Where we cry, Abba, Father. And in other words, after this manner, therefore pray ye our Father which are in heaven, Abba, Abba, Father, which are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So Abba is the most intimate form of God's name. Our Abba, amen, 1 Peter 1 and 17. But if you go to Romans, the 8th chapter, in the Amplified. In the 15th verse. And it reads, For you have not received a spirit of slavery, leading again to fear of God's judgment. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, the spirit of producing sonship, by which we joyfully cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies and confirms together the 8th of the 16th verse with our spirit assuring us that we believers are children of God. See, we have to know who we are. The devil doesn't care who you are, but you have to know who you are in Christ. 
So Romans 8.15. No more slavery to sin or again to fear or to fear God's judgment because what? Jesus died on the cross. We're going to get to that. And that's going to be the latter part of this message. 1 Peter 1.17 And if ye call on the Father who without respect of person judges according to every man's work past the time of your sojourning here in fear. And if ye call on the Father who without respect of person judges according to every man's work past the time of your sojourning here in fear. There's that word fear again. See, the devil wants to operate in fear. And if he can get you to fear, then he can get you to not believe God's word. So fear is the key to the devil's tactic. Once he paints you a picture and then you begin to fear, then the fear blows and magnifies that picture that was in your head or that thought that was given to you. So he operates with pictures, thoughts, and then fear. But without those two pictures and thoughts, then there's no fear. 1 Peter 1 and 17. I'm just taking my time to thank God for his word. If you address as father, the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves in reverent fear of him and with profound respect for him throughout the time of your stay on earth. Now see, there's two different fears. There's a fear of the enemy that wants to keep you in bondage, and there's the fear of God that is, in essence, reverence of God. Hallowed, regarded as holy, venerated, reverence, to regret, to, to regard or treat with reverence. That's the fear of God. But the fear of the enemy is death and destruction. So, in essence, what he wants you to do is not climb over the situation that he's trying to put you in. So what are you doing? You're reading the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Leviticus 22.2 Speak unto Aaron, Aaron and to his sons that they separate themselves from the holy things of the children of Israel and that they profane not my holy name and those things which they hallow unto you. I am the Lord. See, reverence. If you reverence God, that's why this 
prayer is so important. Say, Our Father, which are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's that, that ninth verse. After this minute, therefore pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. In other words, reverence him. Abba, Father, or Our Father, which are in heaven. Reverence his name. Revere. And that's what they were saying in Leviticus 22 and 2. It's, 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 and that they profane not my holy name in those things in which they hallowed unto me. Why? Because I am the Lord. He said, I am the Lord. So revere me. Why? Because I am God. I am who I said that I am. That's what he told Moses. <coughs> he told Moses who shall Moses asked who shall I say that sent me and God said I am that sent me that's who sent me I am that I am God that sent me. Moses saying, tell Aaron and his sons to be careful with the holy things, offerings, gifts, which the children of Israel dedicated to me, so that they do not profane my holy name. I am the Lord. Say to them, any one of your descendants throughout your generation who approaches the holy things which the Israelites dedicated to the Lord. So, anything that's been dedicated, like the gifts, if you go back to the book of Acts, when uh, they was laying their gifts down at the apostle feet, and they lied and said that was all that they had, and they kept some of the money, the offerings or the gifts, because the spirit of greed or filthy lucre got into them and they wanted to keep some of that stuff for themselves rather than to give it to the church. Not saying give it to the pastors themselves, but they, they're giving it to the church. Offerings and gifts. And they asked them Is this it? Is this all? And they say, yes, this much. And they lied because of greed. Greed had them to lie to the apostles about giving. And this is what Aaron, Moses is saying to Aaron and his sons, that they separate themselves from the holy things of the children of Israel and that they profane not my holy name and those things which they hollow unto me, I am the Lord. And the sons told his sons to be careful with the holy things, offerings and gifts, which the children of Israel dedicated to me, so that they do not pro 
profane my holy name, I am the Lord. So when you're giving, make sure that you're not giving because of greed or you're, you're not partially giving. When God tells you to give a certain amount of offerings or a certain amount of gifts, don't hold back. Give that amount, whatever that amount is. Give it. Because why? It's dedicated to God. So that they do not profane my holy name. In other words, our Father which I have, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed. Reference. So you're referencing God by offerings and gifts. Just like when Jesus was born, in the manger and the three wise men came in and gave gifts they hallowed his name by giving gifts Isaiah 29 and 23 but when he seeth his children the work of my hands in the midst of him they shall sanctify my name and sanctify the holy one of Jacob and shall fear the God of Israel. They shall sanctify my name and sanctify the Holy One of Jacob and shall fear the God of Israel. In other words, you're giving reverence to God. Not only because you, you, you give reverence just because who God is, you give reverence just because God is good. Not only that he's good, look at the works of his hands. Look what the things that he have done for you in your lifetime. You made it out, and now you have a testimony. You've been through a lot of things. But you made it out. And God was there to allow you or to help you make it out. Leviticus 22 and 2. Isaiah 29 23. And Daniel, the second chapter, the 20th verse, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. Listen to Daniel. Answered, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God for wisdom forever and ever, for wisdom and might is, are his. Now, the king had a dream, and no one can interpret that dream because... God didn't reveal it to him. Now Daniel, by him being a man of God, he prayed to God to interpret the dream that the king had. Not only that he interpreted the dream, the king forgot how the dream went. The king no longer knew 
how the dream went, but God revealed the dream to Daniel, and not only did he reveal the dream to Daniel, he also gave Daniel the interpretation of the dream. Now, the king was asking a hard thing. He was asking his soothsayers, his consultants with familiar spirits to interpret his dream, and he, he forgot how the dream went. He no longer know the essence of the dream, but he wanted them to interpret a dream that he forgot what the dream was. So in other words, he couldn't tell them what the dream was, but he, at the same time, he wanted them to interpret the dream that he no longer remembers. So Daniel, by Daniel having the anointing and the spirit of God, not only did God interpret the dream to Daniel, God also told Daniel the dream that the king forgot of the dream of. The king no longer knew the dream, but Daniel knew the dream and also interpret the dream to the king. Now what kind of God is that? That's a God who knows all. And that's why Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. Wisdom and might are his. See, God knew the dream because he gave it to him. So, if God can give the king the dream and Daniel have a relationship with God, God reveals the dream to Daniel. And Daniel interprets the dream and move on. Now, we're going to talk about the 11th verse of, of the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Now I'm still on the 10th. No, I'm on the 10th verse. Forgive me. 10th verse. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom, thy will on earth and in heaven. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come, the word kingdom, it means reign. Matthew 3 and 2. The petition is the expression of that God reigns everywhere, that the gospel of Christ advances everywhere. The word shall be filled with his glory. Thy will be done in earth in heaven. Matthew 18, 18 says, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. That will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Binding and loosing. That will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So 
When Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth, that will be done. Shall be bound in heaven, as it is in heaven. And whatsoever ye shall loose on earth, that will be done in earth, shall be loose in heaven. Thy will be done in earth, as it is in heaven. So, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. They work one of the same. Why? Because this is God's will. And whatever ye bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever ye loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. It's God's will. That will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Matthew 26, 39, talking about the submission. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. Now, it's back to the will. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. <coughs> so Jesus was upon the earth. Thy will be done. In other words, it was prophesied that he would die on the cross. But Jesus fell into the flesh just for a few moments and asked God to pass the cup. Let this cup pass from me. And then he came back into himself and said, nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. Because he knew that it was imperative that he died on the cross. So he felt at that particular time all the sins of the world in that one moment. And he just felt overwhelmed just, just in that one moment when he asked God, his father, to let this cup pass. But then he turned around and said, nevertheless, Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will, as thou will. Now, we, we go through some strange things in our life. And some strange things that happens to us. Just like when they said in Peter, think you're not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is the trying, as though some strange thing happened unto you. See, the thing is, we want to let this cup pass. But if you let the cup, this cup pass, there's no growth or there's no authority. Because if Jesus, if God had a, just let that cup pass, then he wouldn't have had to stain from death. 
all power would, would not have been given unto him after he rose. So that's why he said, nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. And we have to recognize that. recognize that situation and that situation will come it's, it's gonna hurt why because the emotions the emotions become overwhelmed and the situation is there and it's triggering these negative emotions and these emotions become overwhelmed and you don't want to feel them anymore so you ask God to take this cup because of those emotions or things that you do not want to bear. But nevertheless, nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Nevertheless, not as I will. Matthew 26, chapter 39, verse, submission. Luke 1, 38. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Now, this is the time when the angel came and told her that she was going to bear a son. His name should be called Emmanuel, being interpreted, God's, God is with us. And if you go back to Abba Father, it was intimate, but it wasn't more than Emmanuel. In other words, because it was God with us. Abba, Father, Abba is the most intimate form of God's name except for Emmanuel, God with us. And that's what the angel was telling Mary. And Mary said to the angel, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. So in other words, she's saying, Nevertheless, let it be so. That it happened, I should bear a son, I should call his name Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus. He's going to be born, he's going to die for our sins. And Mary took God as his word, according to thy word, and the angel departed from her, according to thy word. In other words, when God tells you something and it doesn't seem like it's logical to accept because why? Your human capacity can't grab what God is saying. But nevertheless, or according to that word, just like when Abraham and Sarah 
sent when the angel spoke to Sarah. That same angel spoke to Mary. That angel told Sarah that she was going to have a son. And nevertheless, in other words, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Submission. Romans, the sixth chapter, Yes, in the 13th verse. Neither hear ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God. And those that are alive from the dead and your members are instruments of righteousness unto God. Neither hear ye your members. In other words, don't go back into bondage or slavery to sin. This is what Paul is saying. Yield ye, ye your members as instruments. Night ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin or unto bondage or unto slavery. But ye yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. In other words, you're no longer dead, but you're alive. Because why? The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is what? Eternal life. And your members are instruments of righteousness unto God. So all of this is in the Lord's prayer. We say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Neither ye are your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin or unto bondage or unto the slavery of sin. But yield yourselves unto God and those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness. And that's Romans, the sixth chapter, in the 13th verse. I know teaching sometimes can be boring. Preaching has a lot of emotions to it, but teaching has more insight and more clarity Revelation, but preaching gives more gives out more emotions, and, 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 it, and it gives out a lot of exercise. I'm not knocking preaching. I'm not saying anything bad about preaching. I'm just explaining to you about certain aspects of preaching. It draws out your emotions. Thirteenth verse in the Amplified says, "Do not go on offering members." of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness. But offer yourselves to God in a decisive act as those alive raised from the dead to a new life. And your members, all of your abilities, sanctified, set apart as instruments of righteousness, yield to God. See, 
Here's the thing. We have two things that's going on in our life. We have one aspect of sin, and we have another aspect of eternal life with God, or no longer in bondage or slavery to sin, but you're free. He whom the Son has set free is free where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. Or there is liberty. So Romans 6.13 Neither ye your, ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin or unto slavery of sin but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. And your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. James, the book of James, fourth chapter, and the seventh verse. We're still talking about submission. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Submission. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. From you. So you can tie Romans 6 13 with James 4 and 7. Submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now you can't you can't do anything without submitting yourself to God. Because submission is reverence or revere or giving to the sovereignty of God. But if you can't do that, then guess what happens? Become slavery to sin, falling back into bondage. So James, the fourth chapter, Seventh verse in the Amplified. I want to read <clears throat> the sixth verse, sixth verse. But he gives us more and more grace through the power of the Holy Spirit to defy sin and live an obedient life that reflects both our faith and our gratitude for our salvation. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud and haughty, but continually gives the gift of grace to the humble who turn away from self-righteousness. Seventh verse, so submit to the authority Resist the devil. Stand firm against him. That's what resist means. Stand firm against him. This is an Amplified, seventh verse. Book of James, the fourth chapter. And he will flee from you. Read that seventh verse again in the Amplified. So submit to the authority of God. 
resist the devil. Stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Resist the devil. Stand firm against him. If you go back to that sixth verse, it says, but he gives us more and more grace through the power of the Holy Spirit to defy sin and live in a, an obedient life that reflects both our faith and our gratitude for our salvation. Reflects both our faith and gratitude for our salvation. In other words, we thank God for salvation. And the only way we can get that salvation is when he died on the cross. Both our faith and our gratitude for our salvation. Therefore, it says God is opposed to the proud and humble, but continually gives the gift of grace to the humble. Acknowledgement. I know I feel short, God, but forgive me. Humble thyself under the mighty hand of God. The proud and haughty, but continually give the gift of grace to the humble who turn away from self-righteousness or the way of your thinking or the way that you think that's right. The Bible said there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So submit to the authority of God, resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. That's James, the fourth chapter, and the seventh verse. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And now we have <clears throat> the 11th verse, which is full for the spirit, and not only full for the spirit, but full also for the body as a natural source. Give us this day our daily bread. Matthew, the fourth chapter fourth verse, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. 